that we're here today to talk about the importance of making a plan. And for the listeners here, we want to just explain that we were starting this conversation off the cuff. This is apparently what we do. We have these conversations. We were talking with our new producer, Ari, and somehow got on this topic of the importance of having a plan. And I'm like, wait, 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 let's stop this conversation and pick it up while we're recording so that we can offer some value here because uh, we were really getting into the topic and I thought it had some value. And I, I know you did too, right, Brett? Yeah, no, absolutely. And the one thing it only took me 148 episodes to figure out is that I need to start recording before <laughs> I actually get to some of the episodes because I do believe that some of the conversations that we've had, you and I have had and others have had is there's just so much value in, in just having that that back and forth. And yeah, and I think one of the things even Ari had pointed out to us that before the plan, you got to have a goal. <laughs> Where are you trying to get to? And it got me to think, yeah, a lot of the folks that I work with don't necessarily have a very clear plan of where they're trying to get to. And the one exception to that is a, a friend of mine that I've known forever. We actually worked together in the corporate world. She was on the podcast, you know, Katie. And, you know, her goal of starting her business was she wanted to take the entire month of August off. I think it was August. So Katie, forgive me if I've messed up the month to go climbing, right? She wanted to build the business around where she could take a month off, travel wherever she wanted to travel, climb, and then get back to work and kudos to her. She, she actually did it. And so that kind of got me thought about our conversation that said, you know, what are you trying to get to? You don't necessarily need a goal, but can't really have a plan without a goal. And it's really hard to get to where you want to go. if You don't know where you're trying to get to. So. Yeah, that's really hard. I know when I was first starting out back in 2011, my goal, I, I just didn't know any better. My goal was to work for myself. And I thought that was great. And and then I just kind of uh, unsurprisingly just kind of evened out over the years. So I, I first year, I like replaced my corporate salary. Second year, I doubled it. And then for the next three years, surprise, I literally plateaued because I didn't have a plan. And I had these like arbitrary thoughts like, oh, I'd like to do this. But it wasn't defined and there were no goals. And, and to your point, I think I'd like to dig into this. You know what you start with the goal and this probably starts with your biggest picture goal or your your biggest, most important goal. And then you work backwards and craft the plan to get to the goal. And then there's going to be those incremental goals. So can we define that? What do you think that should look like? Yeah, I think, you know, in a, in a framework, and I'll share, you know, a, a little bit later, my, my story and how I'm using this, this framework. But uh, the one I found that works really well is, you know, a five, one, 30 and today. So what is the five year goal or plan or objective? Where do you really want to get to? And I think one of the biggest problems that folks have in thinking about that five years, one, it's a long way off, but two, they don't think big enough, right? I mean, that's, that's when one of my challenges throughout my career, you know, both on the entrepreneurial side is thinking more incrementally than I was big moonshot type, you know, what is the ideal? If you can make this happen, perfect. So, so I think starting with that big audacious goal five years out, and then back it into one year. So what are the, the objectives? What do I need to do in one year to move towards that five year? And is it is it is the five year even feasible, right? Because it's it's a really big goal. And then if you think about that one year, then break it into 30, 30 day increments. So what am I doing these next 30 days in order to to drive the business forward or move towards my goal? And then even the further step when you get up in the morning, what am I going to do today that's going to help me towards that that 30? And it sounds like a lot of planning, but it's really not. And 
the benefit I've found is it keeps you aligned with where you're trying to get to. So if you get up in the morning, hey, here's the five things I need to do. Of those five, which ones are helping you get towards the one and the five? And if they're not, then maybe you, you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. And that that there's a, a couple things that factor into that for me too. Have you ever read the book Essentialism? It, it's a phenomenal book about eliminating the unessential for mental health and balance, but also to achieve more. And I, I love that notion. And, and after I kind of plateaued in my own journey, I was still happy, right? But I wasn't growing and my business just kind of existed. And it was this weird state. Uh, for a while, I thought, okay, I'm going to start an agency. I'm going to grow. And I really tinkered with that and looked into what it would take. And I realized, okay, my goal was to hit 10 million annual revenue and then sell. And then frankly, live off of that. I'm a minimalist. I can afford to live off, if not much. I've abandoned that goal. I realized that I frankly didn't want to do that work. I didn't want the stress that accompanied that. But I realized that my mindset kind of shifted as an entrepreneur. And I started to look at things differently and do the planning instead. And I realized how much value there was. And now whenever I'm talking to someone who wants to start a business, and I was having a conversation like this recently, I ask what's the goal? And like, well, I'd like to have more time with my son. That's a good goal, but I, I would push even further. And so now apparently I'm becoming the the goal coach, but it's like push further and like really define that, right? Like quantify, what does that mean to have more time? And, and it's something I'm at that stage again in my own journey where I want to be able to take off a month at a time, maybe even two, like August, because my daughter's going to be entering school in the fall and I'm not going to have as much time with her. And probably December or, or, you know, I want to be working when she's in school. And in order to do that, I need to hit this number. And, you know, so I've really been working on goal setting lately so that I can craft that plan and be really meticulous about it. And yes, it's taken me 10 years to keep honing this, hey. but it's uh, it's a uh, we're all evolving as entrepreneurs. No, so true. And I think even back into my, my journey, and I've shared on this podcast that I've kind of bounced back and forth between enterprise or corporate and, and the startup world. And the, the first startup I was involved with was you know, Bagel Cafes. <laughs> Long time ago, nice. we don't exist anymore. But I remember starting when I, I didn't start it, I came in after the first location was built, but had a goal to basically grow 12 locations. So we had a long five-year plan to get to 12 and then eventually sell to one of the bigger chains that were gobbling up, no pun intended, you know, bagel franchises at the time. And so we had a really clear plan. Unfortunately, the market shifted and, you know, 7-Eleven and everybody else started selling bagels, Dunkin' Donuts on every corner. So it really ate into our, wow, I'm just full of them today, <laughs> into our, <laughs> our market opportunities. But, you know, we, we had a plan, we got out of it, sold, you know, a couple of the locations and closed a couple but then when I think when I went into the agency space, demand gen back in you know 29, which was a perfect time to start a, a business during the financial crisis, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to build it, but I never set a target or a goal. And it was more of, to your point, plateaued after a while, got the, the but just never had that, that next step. And so now with what I'm doing today, even though when I started you know, a year and a half ago with this, Still didn't have that concrete plan. Knew what I wanted to do, but it was just kind of going with the flow and, and had some success. So, you know, I can get into it, you know, now or, or later of what kind of how I have applied that five step plan to what I'm doing with my business today. But it's, I just think it's so important to keep you focused and, and on that track. Yeah. And, you know, actually, I want to 
dig into something really quickly because you you made me think of a blog post that I actually wrote for you several years ago. And I know this is a running theme in some of the consulting work that you've done, particularly with startup entrepreneurs, is that ability to remove yourself from day-to-day operations. That's impossible to do without a plan. And if you're not planning for that day from as early in the process as you can, you're going to feel trapped. And and similarly, uh, if you're not necessarily a startup founder, but if you're looking to, you know, as you start a business, you do a lot of stuff that you don't enjoy. And so for me, another part of my plan is how to remove and stop doing the work that I don't enjoy as much, even if it pays well. So for, for those service oriented entrepreneurs, that, that's a big one. You know, how do you, how do you remove the stuff you don't want to do? You can't do that without a plan. I want to clarify this too. There doesn't just have to be one goal. You don't have to have one goal that you're working toward, but you know, take that time in a session. And, and maybe that's something we should do, Brett. We should have everybody. And by everybody, I mean, all of you, I'm looking at the mic, like you're all in there, but I should have all, we should have all of you over and do this cool little like brainstorming session. Maybe we'll do like a, a webinar. I hate to use the word webinar because it feels so 2011, but, um, but you know, where we help like with a brainstorm and help people work through setting their goals and, and like sketching out that plan. We should do that, Brett. What do you think? If you guys are interested in that, let us know. Cause I, that sounds fun. We should do a an virtual like instead that. of a webinar, a virtual goals setting and uh, yeah. objective planning session. No, we I think do it, like a LinkedIn live or something like that. I don't know. Sounds no, funny. I'm I'm on board with I think it makes perfect sense because even through, again, my journey, that's exactly that the process I went through. So the end of last year, you know, in Q4, I was working on four different types of engagements and they were very different. And what I realized was what I wanted to do and more importantly, what I didn't want to do. And so it was at that point where I started to think about and actually, you know, drink my own wine and and put the plan together. And, you know, and so that's what I did. And so I started working backwards. So, and and I'll share it with you. And now it's going to be completely accountable to everybody. But, you know, my five-year goal is to, you know, have a $20 million micro PE fund, right? So the business owners that get stuck or tired of growing, don't want to fight the grind anymore, you know, buy those businesses and put some of the back end stuff that I've been working on under those and then grow. So that's kind of my my retirement job, if you will. That's what I want to do in the future. But in order to get to that five years, there's a few things that I had to do in, with the one year. And one of them is through my consulting and advisory business. My goal was to, you know, hit a million dollars in revenue this year. And what I realized is the way I was doing it last year, it wasn't going to work. To your point, if I'm in the middle of it, <laughs> it's it's really hard to scale. And so I spent a lot of time thinking about, all right, what is my offer? Who can I help the most with? What's repeatable, scalable? And so that's what I've redone in finalizing with the, the consulting business now. And then if we take that even a step further and think about it from a, a 30-day plan, you know, what I just did, you know, with the podcast, bringing you and Ari on, is right. I never really even had a plan for the podcast. It was it was awesome. I enjoyed talking to people. It was helping people. It was growing, but there was never really any intention with it. So now using this as to, hey, how do I with you on board and Ari, how do we reach more people? Right. And so in addition to that, I brought on a a social media person to help with my content because that's not me. And if I want to drive it forward, I've got to reach more people than now in the process in this 30 days you know, looking at optimizing the websites that I use, right? Is it telling the right story? And we talked offline that, you know, I need some help from you on, you know, the content piece of where, where should I be focused on? So, 
you know, I just, I wanted to share that one. Now I'm accountable to it, but, but there's, there's a method to the madness of everything that I'm doing where for the 12 months prior, there really wasn't, it was more opportunistic. There was things that I wanted, but it wasn't driving towards a specific goal. So now I feel really good. There's always work to be done, but now when I get up in the morning, this podcast, this is going to help me do this. What am I doing this afternoon? Is this going to help? So yeah. So I think eating your own dog food, I think it, it's just so important to have that plan and, you know, I'll keep you up to date on my progress, but in the past when I've done it, it's worked. So now I'm just going to be much more disciplined about doing it. Well, I love that. That sounds perfect. And I, you know, I'll help hold you accountable. <laughs> That's great. This is a big one for consultants too, or service oriented is that in the beginning, it's like, well, I can do this and make a lot of money and I can build a business off of this. But then you start to question that. It's like, well, what do I really want? And and the more that you can laser in on that, again, it makes it that much easier for the plan to fall in place. And your plan makes a ton of sense. And for me, it's balancing that whole revenue with time thing. Like my mom died at 54 super suddenly. Like she woke up one day, didn't feel well, and then she was gone. And I'm 41. You're welcome, everyone. And so now in my mind, I think to myself, anything over 54 is a gift, right? And really all of it's a gift. And so now for me, like time has become a major priority. That sounds really wishy-washy, but it's true. And so I'm structuring everything that I do around balancing that revenue and time, particularly with my daughter. So I know that sounds a little a little too warm, fuzzy. Sorry, guys. No, but, uh, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And I, I, I I'm few years older than you, but we won't say how many more years, but, but yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's the other, one of the other things that's helped again through the the, the podcast, having some guests on that are more productivity focused, right. And yeah. how do we make the most out of our day? And, you know, one of the things that I incorporated as part of that is, you know, two hours of, you know, focus work a day, just mm-hmm. if I can get two hours, it's blocked off in my calendar. I'm going to do the things, those 30 days, right? The day to make sure. So even if my calendar goes sideways the rest of the day, I I feel productive because I actually had hit those things. And definitely one of the things I love your perspective on this, I found is, you know, again, 30 years in the career, how much time was wasted, right? Just doing stuff that just doesn't matter. Busy work. Yeah. Meetings and those types of things. So I think it's remarkable how much work you can actually get done if it's just focused and prioritized and yes. just for the record out there, I'm not one of those people that lives by that list and checklist every day. So it's, it's taken a little bit of discipline to do it. But once you see the output of what you can get done by, by doing that, it, it does give you more time back. Right. So if I do something for two hours in the afternoon, the day's not lost because I was able to, to, to focus in on the morning. There are two books and I'm sure there, they probably aren't, totally um, new or mind-blowing to folks, but Cal Newport, uh, I really love his stuff. Deep Work is the first one. And I don't, have you read that? I have not. It's about the the importance of taking that time and, and truly focusing on deep work. And for some folks, that's going to be an hour a day, or like you said, two hours a day. And sometimes it may mean taking a week out of the month and just literally turning off everything. If you, I mean, I you know that's a luxury that a lot of us don't have. I've really taken that to heart because to your point, absolutely email. And now we've got Slack 
and uh, and just like things that make you feel like so if you could check that box on your to-do list and you're like yeah I got a lot done today but have we spoken about EOS too and the and the notion of that that whole system of business and and setting rocks and goals and making sure that part of your day aligns with your rocks which are goals that align with the business goals and and it's the same it's all the same methodology and thought process of what you're talking about but making sure that you prioritize the actions that are going to move you toward your goals that are going to put your plan into action the second book by cal newport that i love is called a world without email and it's like holy shit this is mind-blowing but we all waste time in email and and it talks about how businesses were successful previously without email it's inspiring and it gives examples of organizations of all sizes that exist. Is it realistic to eliminate email completely? No, but it shines a light on the importance of communicating in ways that help you be more, I hate to say productive too, because even that word has become kind of like bastardized because it means right. get more done, get more done, but it's really get the right things done. And, uh, and that one changed my mind too. And now I like to live, I love Asana. Have you ever used Asana project management software? Just a, a bit, but not enough to be intelligent about it. I've used Basecamp and I've used Asana, but I love the notion, particularly when you're working with, with customers or clients, if you're in a service-based business of communicating within the, pro everything's in one place. So someone like me, who's worked with many, many clients over the years, uh, you're going through, you're like, is that an email? Is that in Slack? Is that here? And you're doubling the time it takes to do something because you're tracking everything down. And, and so I've eliminated almost all email for that reason. I just, so I've become like the anti-email person. It doesn't mean I don't communicate, my gosh, but, uh, but to, to help me hone in on what's most important, I've tried to eliminate the unnecessary. And I love, I love that. I, that whole notion and Cal Newport, like his stuff is really, really good. And if we can get him on here, that would be really wonderful. Cause I would, I could just sit here and kind of go like this and just, uh, because <laughs> no, I, I, I believe in what he has idea. to say. And I think that all of us, every, I think every single listener could benefit from what he has to say. There's another one too. It's like, be so, um, what is it? So good. They can't ignore you. And it's, it's about the whole notion of passion. Do you have to be passionate about what you do? And, and I mean, that's a bit of a misleading piece of advice. And, and so we can cultivate passion and doing a great job and doing what we do. So for you entrepreneurs out there who founded a business based on an opportunity or a question or, you know, some intriguing idea and not your life's purpose, that's okay. Like you don't have to be the most passionate person in the world about widgets in order to be a successful business leader selling widgets, you know? Right. No, in, in, in good advice. I'm definitely going to check out those. So those there's my fangirling over Cal Newport <laughs> there. Sorry, guys. But I would like to dig into the idea of how to... And I think this is one that falls really well into your wheelhouse, Brett, the kind of like best practices for business owners to help. We we just touched upon some of this and eliminating unnecessary. But what are some of the other things that you can do to make it easier for you to stick to the plan? And I know one of the things is like defining processes and, um, you know, and maybe we could dig into these or like bringing in the right people and knowing the right time. Can Can we kind of dig into those a little bit? Yeah, I think, you know, and talking about books and authors, right, I've become a true fanboy of Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy, right? And they wrote, the first one I read was Who Not How, and I've talked a little bit on the podcast about it. But when three different people tell me that I need to read a book and they come from three different vantage points because they think it applies to me, then I read the book, read it, 
changed the way I think about it. And it's the whole concept of who, not how. And we talk a little bit about the process. And I think this is so important for business owners. I was guilty of it, right? That's why I brought in people to help me in areas that my strength is not there. Back in the day with the content, I brought you in to help me write and, and develop my content. Now I've got somebody with social. Now I'm going to have somebody with my website. And I think as a business owner, we get caught up being in the center of everything or need to be a part of it. And that the central concept of, of their book is if we don't like doing it or we're not good at it, it usually doesn't get done. Yeah, no, just talking about the importance of defining processes for everything that you do. So in the beginning, I think nearly all of us as business owners, unless maybe you bought like a turnkey thing, like a, a franchise or something, but we start out doing all of it ourselves. And so one of the missed opportunities, I think, for for owners is defining what you're doing. Write it all out in as much detail as you can, because to your point, when you start to bring in the who, it will make it significantly easier if you have these things defined in advance, because otherwise you, you're going to be very eager to hand this stuff off and the, and the people who you brought in are going to have no idea what to do. You're going to assume or they're going to do it to a way that isn't necessarily to your liking or and it creates a lot more work and headaches and it could have a negative impact on your business. So writing down, writing out and, and clarifying the processes and the things that you're doing, you're setting yourself up to be able to offload those things to help scale and grow down the line. And also seeing it, writing it down can help you identify opportunities where you can tighten it up and do a little bit better as well. And and I know that's that's easier said than done. Some of these things are easier said than done. However, I would posit that, no, you're probably not an expert in defining processes, but you're an expert in your business because you're running it. And so write it down. It doesn't have to sound like it was the most brilliant piece of business writing ever known to mankind. It just has to make sense. So write it down. You People shortchange themselves all the time. Like, oh, I don't know how to do it. Just write it out. What did you do today? If you were uh, on sales calls or you made 10 outbound calls. Look, what did you do today? Did you post to LinkedIn and then you did this and this and this? Like look, all these like simple things, write it down, document right. your day. And, and start, right? Because that yes. becomes the baseline. And the only thing that I would add to that is be open-minded, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you bring in a, a subject matter expert in one of these areas, theoretically, they're going to know better how to do this yes. than you. So don't just bring everybody into your process and assume that's the only way to do it. Be open. I 100% agree. You got to have that baseline. Here's what we're doing today. Here's how it works. But here's where a gap we're struggling. Diane, I'm really struggling with my content, right? I wrote a couple pieces. I'm not getting where it is. Here's what I'm doing today. You know, you make sense. You're the great resource. I'm going to bring you in even on a part-time basis to help me do this. I'm going to look to you to say, hey, within the context of my business, you know, what do I use? How can you help me get better at, at this area? And I think that's the other thing we struggle with because I was that way. It's, it's that I know how to do these processes. I'm a process guy at heart. So if anybody I'm coming in, you know, this is the only way to do it. So I think that your distinction was really good in the sense of, hey, if you're really good, you built this business, you know, these three or four things you're really good at stick to your guns in those senses because that's working. But the other areas that you need maybe to get unstuck, it's okay to bring in folks that that may have some different perspectives. Again, it's got to be all 
align towards where you're trying to get to. But I do think that's a, a big opportunity for folks. Yeah, I think that's important to point out, though, that sometimes you're going to hear things that you don't necessarily agree with or that maybe even make you feel a little defensive when you bring in an expert or something that you've been doing and you're not, you know, and I hate to throw around the word expert, you know, casually, but, you know, you're hiring someone who's got expertise to help you make your business better. And I know there have been plenty of times where I come in and you know me, it's really hard to get me to open up and start talking. Yeah. But, <laughs> but once I do, I'm very direct. This is the neurodivergent uh, individual in me, but I'm very direct and clear and obviously respectful. But I'm going to say if something's not working or it's not, I don't think it's going to work or in my experience, this has not worked, I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to make a suggestion as to what to do instead. And and that can be hard for some folks to hear sometimes. And I always have really great conversations with clients. And a lot of times they'll say, well, that's why you're here, Diana, let's do it. And then other times it'll be like, I feel really strongly about this. And I'll say, okay, you know, I respect your decision on that. I disagree, but let's do it that way. No, it's great. And back to the, the big picture where we were talking about objectives and plans. The one area I just want to close on, because I have started to have more conversations with you know, freelancers or even potentially side hustlers, but freelancers or contractors, they don't see themselves as business owners, mm -hmm. which I think is a huge mistake. And the world we live in, we're heading back into a world of, of freelancers and contractors. So I think you've got to take that mindset of being a business owner that does a very specific task, right? So I don't care what it is, if it's CRM programming or if it's, you know, blog post writing, whatever it is. This is what you do. This is what you contract. Start changing that mindset to consider yourself as a business owner. And it could be a super simple plan, right? I, hey, I just want to make as much money as a contractor as I was doing this. And if you can do that, but I mean, I still think even as us solopreneurs, I mean, I don't think contractors view themselves as solopreneurs and business owners. So I think they part of- should. And 100%. They should. And, and they should define a number. Like define, don't say, oh, I'd like to make what I made in my corporate job. No, define that number. Account for the fact that you're going to be paying way more friggin' taxes. Do all of that. Then work backwards. If you want to take off six weeks out of the year, like subtract that and like get that number. What do you have to do to make that number? And then- this is my other advice. I'm sorry. I feel really strongly about this, particularly for contractors too. Don't commoditize yourself, uh, but also sell on the value you're providing your business. Do that in uh, that research and make sure you understand your customer enough so that uh, you're not shortchanging yourself and, and never go in on price because that's instant commodi uh, commoditization of, of what it is you have to, I could go on and on. We should, we could do a whole other show. <laughs> we probably will. No, and I think we will because I do think, right, the Industrial Revolution moved everybody to offices and nine to five and very specific tasks within a company. And, you know, the analogy I've used before, and I 100% believe we're heading this way is back to the, the movie set, which is timely as the Oscars were on not too long ago. But, right, I mean, you think about that, you know what, there's probably 100, 150 different entities that come together to make this picture. They all have their specialty. They come together. Somebody's got the strategy, the plan, what they want to get out of it. And I just think more and more of us need to think about ourselves as an independent business owner, right, that thinks about the, all the things that we talk about on this, this podcast, because I think there's just a, one, a much greater chance of success that you're not going to end up back in the corporate world. And two, you can control your own destiny a lot better with just that, that change in mindset. And I, you're right. I think that there's a whole episode we could probably do on that. But I thought it was a good way to tie back to goal setting isn't just for 
you know, million dollar businesses that if you're just starting out, you know, think about that early. And, and, and again, it probably will pivot. You'll get into it. You're like, man, these are certain clients I just don't like. I don't like to do this. You're going to niche down even more. You may expand or pivot, but you know, just start with the plan. It doesn't have to take forever. It doesn't have to be super detailed, but it'll make you much more effective. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be forever. And right. in 11 years of, of business ownership, I've changed my plan several times. My life changed, and so my business plan changed. And I, I have—I mean, that's different with a versus a brick and mortar or um, other types of businesses where you're selling items. But for me, my business changed dramatically after I got married. It changed dramatically after I had my daughter. You know, so it's okay. But work towards something, and it's okay if you decide this plan's not working for me. As a matter of fact, that's a huge competitive advantage. Because you've defined it so clearly that when you're making progress toward it, you realize, you know, this isn't what I want. What a strength, right? What an opportunity because it allows you to pivot and create a new plan before you get tragically stuck or before um, you regress. There's so many things that can be headed off if you just take the time to define things now. Yeah. And maybe just in closing it, this goes to our side hustler friends as well, right? Hey, got some traction. I'm still doing this thing full time have a plan for it, right? Yes. Once you get some traction, it, 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 I think that's our, our number one priority is, is, is what do you want and, and build a plan, right? It doesn't have to be a 200 page business plan. That's not what we're talking yeah. about. I think you get the gist after this, you know, this episode, but just be clear of, of where you're trying to get to and make sure your actions align with, with what that plan is. Totally. I agree. Good stuff. All right. Anything else we want to hit today, Diana? This was good. Yeah, no. And it, Take a look at those show notes. We'll put links to the books that we talked about in there. Yeah, awesome. All right, good job. We'll talk to you next week. Take care.